Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. And then, of course, when our scale further, then we have to go for public financing, which lead to the IPO on Nasdaq in late 2006. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of cleantech entrepreneurs who are building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in, and welcome to our tribe. Today is episode 118, and we are back for the Solar Pioneers series. I'm so grateful you are here, and this interview with Dr. Chu won't let you down. Dr. Sean Chu has served as the chairman, president, and chief executive officer since founding Canadian Solar in October 2001. And I got the privilege of sitting down with him in Anaheim recently during Solar Power International and squeezed as much as I could out in the hour I was given. Now, you can find more founders' stories and solar startup advice in the other 117 episodes archived over at mysuncast.com. And while you're there, you should check out the Suncast Tribe, where you can be a part of my inner circle of solar warriors and trusted advisors. Click on the member button to learn more. But for now, get ready to tune up your skills, solar warrior, as we tune in to another powerful conversation here on Suncast. Well, I have been in solar for 22 years, and these days you can't count, you probably count only a handful of uh, either PhDs or uh, CEOs, or even like industry petitioners who have been in this industry for 22 years. So on one hand, uh, I'm glad that uh, I have been in industry 22 years, continue to make you know, like contribution, and continue to survive. But you know, like on the other hand, it's also interesting to see waves, right? Like high ties and low ties, and see all the newcomers uh, come to this uh, industry. So in a way, I think I'm fortunate to uh, witness the change, the evolution, and the growth of this industry in almost a quarter of a century. The voice you hear is that of CEO and founder Sean Chu of Canadian Solar. Today on Suncast, we have the distinct pleasure, I have the fantastic honor of being present uh, face-to-face with Dr. Sean Chu here in uh, Anaheim for Solar Power International. Welcome to Suncast, Dr. Chu. Thank you for, for inviting me. Absolutely. It is a sincere honor and pleasure. So for those of you unfamiliar, somehow you've crawled out of a, under a rock and you're listening to Suncast for the first time, or you're coming to Suncast from outside of the solar industry, Dr. Chu started a solar company that now is synonymous with great solar manufacturing, a company called Canadian Solar, which is publicly traded. It was founded back in 2001. We'll talk a bit about that. He is the chief executive officer. And despite the fact that he is from China, Chinese immigrant into Canada, this is very much uh, a Canadian company, as he likes to point out, and not purely a Chinese uh, solar manufacturer. There's a lot buried within that. But today we're going to really focus on the person and the journey of Dr. Chu and this company and how it has evolved to become one of the great solar companies of our time. So Dr. Chu, you had the opportunity to 
leave China at a time where the doors were just opening for many, right? You arrived in 1987, shortly after the government allowed students to start leaving the country. Why Canada? Well, first of all, you, uh, it's interesting that you just mentioned that Canadian Solar is a Canadian company. It's very different from uh, other Chinese solar companies. I want to point out that today's Canadian Solar is an international company. Mm-hmm. It's a Canadian company. It's a Chinese company. It's an American company. It's also a Brazilian company. Every month, Canadian Solar ship to 60 to 70 different countries. We wow. check our shipping record every month. And that's the number of countries we actually ship to. Um, in any year, uh, we typically ship to 160 to 170 countries in the world. And we have our factories, manufacturing base in seven different countries. So uh, yeah, yes, we have Chinese route, we have Canadian route, but we are really a uh, international company. Now, the uh, next question, which is my journey into uh, solar, and uh, how do I lead Canadian solar to today's uh, shape? As you mentioned, I left China in 1987. I graduated from, in China from Tsinghua University in physics department in 1986. In 87, I went to uh, Canada you ask me why I choose Canada. The uh, choice is that uh, I don't have many choices. I send uh, my resumes, I sent my uh, transcript to many universities. I pretty much go to a library, like university library, to check the university directories. And I just send out uh, letters. And at that time, there was no computer. And you go to a typewriter. I don't have much money, so I use the thinnest paper, actually like almost transparent papers, the thinnest paper, cheapest paper I can find, and just type my uh, letters and also the transcript and send to any university in that directory. And uh, then it happened that University of Manitoba in Winnipeg accepted me, accepted me with a uh, graduate uh, fellowship. So that's why I choose Winnipeg, choose to come to uh, University of Manitoba. There was really not many choice. Yeah. Uh, but thinking back, University of Manitoba, not the uh, this first stop to University of Manitoba is a important and a very good stop. Mm. I feel like I owe a lot to UM, owe a lot to uh, Winnipeg, and I'm a proud Canadian. I remember that uh, I arrived in Winnipeg. It's arguably the coldest large city in the world. Anyway, so I went to Winnipeg in late September. Uh, The school year already started because I got that admission letter late. And then you have to apply for a visa, blah, blah, blah. And then I arrived late. My professor got me settled in the office. And then he said to me, where is your, ask me, where is your air ticket? And I didn't know why. And then he said, yo, well, in the Department of Physics, of UNM have a policy to reimburse half of the uh, international Fair. airfare uh-huh. just to reduce people's burden. So it's very moving. You know, this is wow. how uh, I feel like the university are making a home yeah. uh, for us, for those uh, international students. I spent two years in University of Manitoba and then uh, went to Toronto 
to do my PhD. Then in 1995, I finished my PhD degree in material science. In material science. In my topic is nonlinear optics in compound semiconductor. And then、uh, right at that point, Ontario Hydro, which is now Ontario Power Generation,、uh, want to look into solar. And uh, then uh, hey, they thought, well, you know, there's a PhD、uh, in semiconductor, so he must know solar. So、uh, I got the land this、uh, solar job. That was in January 1996. So、uh, almost 22 years, 23 years now. So、uh, this is my journey into solar, and that journey also took me to France in 1998. I moved to、uh, France to work in PhotoArt, which、uh, was one of the leaders at that time. At that point, 1998, PhotoArt, PhotoArt was the number four. In the solar industry, so it was a top four, just like Canadian Solar is top four. So I learned my trick, a lot of manufacturing trips in Ottawa. So I owe a lot to French. So、uh, this is also another factor to make Canadian Solar international. It's also like because I learned a lot and I, I owe a lot to the people who showed me, give me the platform to do solar. Ottawa also gave me the platform. To develop the Asia Pacific business and help them to develop the Asia Pacific supply chain, so that also get me exposed to the market and also to people in Asia Pacific, China, in Japan, in Korea, in Hong Kong, and those relationship helped me in the first few years of Canadian Solar. And then in 2001, I thought, well, you know, four years I learned, but on the other hand. I'm working in a small division, solar division of a large a conglomerate. Well, you get well paid, but、uh, the top management don't really care whether you know you do good or you do bad in solar. So why don't I start it on my own? So in October 2001, I started Canadian Solar. I went to the、uh, small business registration office. In the city of Mississauga, in Ontario, and that's a very simple process. Basically, they give you a sheet, and you fill and stamp. That's it. So that's how、uh, Canadian Solar started as a humble one-person startup. But I'm、uh, glad that lots of my friends helped me. They trust me. They friend. They helped me. I'm also glad that, like looking back, right? I think. I started Canadian Solar at right time and right place. I like that one of the things you said is that a lot of friends contributed to helping、uh, Canadian in its founding and getting to where it is today. As a great leader, of course, you're different to the fact that you've built a wonderful team around you. But everything starts with the first contract, and I always want to key in on not just that there was a first transaction, but How did it come about? So, can you tell me about the Volkswagen contract and the humble beginnings of Canadian Solar? That actually、uh, started even before I officially founded Canadian Solar,、yeah. and that was as early as the summer of 2001. One of my friend, whose name is、uh, Greg, Greg、uh, Spandodakis,、uh, is a salesperson in a small solar company in Canada. That company was already disappeared and disappeared many years ago. But he said, "Look, I have a 
very simple, like one page, two page request for proposals from Volkswagen, but nobody knows how to respond to it. And my company won't respond to it, and I don't. I talk to everybody, and nobody respond. You know, want to respond to it? Can you take a look? Yeah. So I took a look. I said, okay. That's, the question seems straightforward. That Volkswagen want to have a uh, small solar charger to charge their cars. Yeah, the new cars that were sitting in a lot after manufacturing. Right, and I said, wow. The first step is always. As a good engineer, it's always ask questions, <laughs> uh, clarify the demand, right? Because in asking questions, you and you can then you understand how to design it, and also that communication. Well, because any new product is a co-development process; it's mm. never like one direction, right? A street. So ask it a few good questions. For example, the charging current. They put on the. Uh, a requirement of the charging current, but I want to understand why is this charging current? Because solar, uh, like generate more powers uh, when the sun shines, uh, but no powers at night, right? So why do you have this charging current? You know how much uh, total charging power you need over a twenty-four hours uh, cycle, and why is that? What's the condition? Are you are the cars in Mexico? All the cars in Mexico, or are you going to have some cars in Canada, right? Things like that. And are you going to install an outside car or inside car? Some very typical questions. Uh, a good engineer should think about it. But unfortunately, nobody thought about it. So I asked these questions, and Volkswagen gave me a good answer. Yeah, I said, okay, maybe uh, we should have a conference call. So we made a conference call. Then I said, okay. Based on this demand, this is my proposal. I think that uh, so I, I I said that look, I want to modify your RFP in this way because uh, I'm a solar specialist. To meet your demand, the real demand, the product should meet have these kind of parameters. I guess this uh, kind of deep dive. Impress them. Build, yeah, impress them and build a trust. Yeah, and then give I give them the first proposal, and then they said, "Well, okay, why don't you come? We have a talk." Then, well, I took my vacation time. Uh, Greg and I flew to Mexico, place called the uh, Probra. I met with their manufacturing uh, VP. Uh-huh. I still remember his name is uh, Jürgen Jürgen Sanhagen. Wow! So uh, Jürgen was a very visionary person. He's a VP, uh, I guess VP in charge of all these operations. But he uh, spent time with me. He shared with me his vision, why he thinks solar is the best. He's basically the one to say, look, we have this problem. Rather than running cables, if you run cables, how do you close the car, the the door of the car, right? It's parking in the open space. And why don't you, in German, we have... uh, we do solar. Why do you think about solar? So all these, uh, so he supported, and then his whole staff supported. I give uh, them a uh, revised proposal and some very basic product design. It's a design to the electrical parameter, but no industrial design. So shape, enclosure, nothing like that. But with that design and with that pricing, you know, very rudimental, just electrical design. And then I received the PO. The dog catches the car, right? It's yeah, I received the PO. <laughs> I actually received the PO 
before I officially registered the company. Before you had a business. Right. Yeah. So I brought, this, actually I brought this PO to my boss and uh, I said, look, you know, I have this opportunity. This is one reason I want to start a company. But this is a very different business. Yeah. It's not a full sale large panel. You have to cut sale into dice into small pieces and then do this kind of screening. We don't have the facility. We can't meet the cost figures in our French facility. But I can use a lot of solar cell. At that time, solar was also in oversupply, right? Yeah. So uh, what do they do with all these uh, solar cell? I see, look, I can uh, be able to buy a solar cell. But I, I never take the risk. So yes, and then the company supported. I started the company. You left the hydro company to start Canadian. I left the hydro company in... 1998 uh-huh. to join this uh, French company. To join PhotoWatt. Yeah, PhotoWatt. And PhotoWatt, at that time, PhotoWatt was acquired by a Canadian company. Officially, I was an employee of the Canadian parent, but I was airdropped into uh, France. Was this automation tooling system? Uh, yes. So automation tooling system supported. In return, they got a share of Canadian solar. What was the dollar value of that first contract with Volkswagen, roughly? We ran that contract for uh, around two, two and a half years. Probably contribute to five or six million. But the first purchase order, do you remember what that's The oh, first purchase order, they give us an uh, annual forecast. Okay. And a purchase order is probably like months by months or something like yeah. that, or maybe yeah. by two months. Uh-huh. But they give us an annual contract, annual forecast. Okay, yeah. So to put into perspective for those, again, who aren't familiar with Canadian solar, I'm not sure... Thank you for you, if you're listening and you're not familiar with Canadian, thank you for listening to Suncast. Uh, I find it hard to believe that we would have listeners, but let's put it in perspective. In 2017, Canadian solar's revenues were just a shade under 3.4 billion US dollars, $870 million market cap as of this recording, and almost 640 million US dollars in profit, several orders of magnitude larger than that first order. I mean, what a trajectory for your company. The humble beginnings of a simple PO from Volkswagen, a tip from your friend, Greg, a journey down to Mexico started what has become synonymous with high quality product in the solar industry, Canadian solar. So uh, I commend you for that. I think it's fantastic. And I'm honored to hear the story. By any standard, you're a pioneer and a veteran in the industry. How would you contrast the early days, the 80s and 90s, to what we're seeing and experiencing today? Well, eight days I was still in university. Uh, late nine days I joined the. I uh, started my solar career. Uh, solar was a very small industry at that time. I used to call it uh, industry in a closet. Uh, <laughs> it's like nobody really know. Nobody see it, and we are out of closet in two thousand four, two thousand five. I think that's when Germany started to issue the feeding tariff for on-grid solar installation. Right. Before that, lots of applications were off-grid or uh, residential. After like 2004, 2005, it became on-grid. For a while, no pre-approval required. Yeah. So that uh, leapfrogged the, the uh, industry. And that was followed by Spain, followed by Italy. So the Europeans are early leaders, uh, and they made a good, great contribution to the whole industry. How did that 
leapfrog that moment, switch from off-grid predominantly to on-grid, inform as a young CEO trying to grow a company? How did that inform your product introduction, your product selection, your manufacturing decisions? Like in 2002 and 2003, our main product, uh, off-grid product, we produce this charger for Volkswagen. We also produce uh, small modules for off-grid village uses, 10 watt, 20 watt, small modules. And in 2004, we start to see demand from Germany for large format modules for on-grid application. And to put in perspective, at that time, large format was how many cells? Large format means 50 watt, and then 100 watt also. And people are using five inch cells at uh, that time. The mainstream, was a five inch wafer, five inch cells. And then somewhere around uh, four or five years later, people start to upgrade it to six inch. And uh, there were different format around six inch. When the first people first moved to six inch, it's 150 by 150. And then people will move to larger. Like today is around 157 by 157. It's all considered, you know, around five, uh, around six inch, and multi start to pick up, and more and more market share, right? Until recently, I'd love to get your thoughts on as the CEO, you see this great opportunity coming. How did you think about financing the company in the early days, and then how did you think about growing your team? Who were the first people you knew you needed to get on board? Back in two thousand four, at first. We financed with our own cash. I mentioned right time and right moment, and the Volkswagen project and other contract made the Canadian solar relatively cash ready. Cash ready for that scale, right? Small right. scale, but it need like a million or two million dollar cash. Uh -huh. So we have that cash. Wow. So uh, it's good that a small company have this cash. In uh, the early day customers in Germany, in Spain also supported us and uh, supported us because they believe in me, they believe in the photowatt uh, history. And some uh, Germans, they just look at Canadian solar as a tier one, like class A, class A uh, Volkswagen supplier. So it has to be good. So uh, all these helped uh, Canadian solar to quickly gain customers trust in Europe. They switch from small off-grid charger to large format modules was a little challenge, but not too big a challenge. And uh, Canadian Solar was ready. So I'm fortunate like that. I think it's fortunate that Canadian Solar has always been technology-wise ready. If you look at the past, at every industry turn, Canadian Solar has always been technology-wise ready for the next move. And then, of course, when our scale further, then we have to go for public financing, which lead to the IPO on Nasdaq in late 2006. I talk to a lot of salespeople. I even talk to engineers in this industry, and sometimes, sometimes they're feeling stuck. They're feeling like they're still in the Stone Age, or as I mentioned, they're showing up to the battle ill-prepared. You know, according to Enact CEO Deep Chakraborty, 
There are still thousands of installers out there using CAD programs and Excel to make critical design and sales decisions. And some of you unwitting sales managers and owners are forcing your sales teams to wait, sometimes days on end, till their engineering counterparts can get back to them with a design. Can we stop the madness already and empower your sales team and your engineering team with simple productivity and accuracy? My friends at Helioscope created a software program to help you get through design faster and easier. 3D design, rapid proposals, bankable simulations, one-click sharing, heck, even integrations with Energy Toolbase. The list goes on. You know, it's hard for me to believe that you're listening to this and you're not actually using Helioscope already. But to cover my bases, Paul has agreed that for Suncast listeners, you can get a not 30, but 60-day trial. That's right. Extend your free trial for an additional 30 days. All you got to do is email Paul or Knut after you sign up for your free trial of Helioscope, the fast, easy, and bankable way you and your sales team should be doing all your solar design. Sign up for your free trial at helioscope.com and email after you are all signed up and they'll give you that extension. Hey, I appreciate you sticking around. We're about to get to the second half of the show, but I want to tell you really quick about the Suncast Tribe. My buddy Tristan told me that since I need to try to keep this under an hour, I'm going to have to do something with all the extra content because sometimes I do run over. I did recently with Adam James. You know, what I'm going to do instead is I'm going to post it up as extra content into the Tribe members area for my inner circle to enjoy. I also sometimes have exclusive content like the rest of that Abby Hopper general session from episode 115. And we figured out a pretty handy way recently to get that content right into your podcast player of choice. We got topics like Adam's thoughts on leaving Tesla and his answers to the hotter hype segment, and even him turning the tables on me reflecting on Suncast at three years old, along with a lot of other episodes that we've posted ad-free up on the exclusive tribe feed. If you'd like to see what that's all about, or if you just want to drop a contribution in my virtual tip jar, a little thank you for doing Suncast, you could head over to mysuncast.com forward slash member and learn more. And we'll see you in the tribe. Now, back to the show. So prior to going public, you're growing, you're adapting to five years of transition from off-grid to on-grid. How did you conceptualize the right team to build? How did you know what to look for? Who do you hire first? Well, we built a team from scratch. And uh, our first hire are some uh, solar veterans. I mentioned Gregory uh, Spanotakis. He came on board with me as our first uh, VP sales. Wow. We also hired a, uh, 20, a, a Chinese manufacturing engineer with 20 year experience. So his experience helped us on the off-grid uh, stage. He also helped me to put together the manufacturing process in our first factory in China. That's our initial team. And now I put on my head, not only CEO, but also the technical sales leader. So whenever it's technical communication with our customers or with uh, suppliers or with the certification agency, I was very much the first quality manager. When we passed the ISO 9001, 
and passed the so-called TS-16949. Right. You know, that was, I was the only one who can communicate, right? Wow. And the right uh, quality management message and explain the manufacturing process to Volkswagen inspector, yeah. for example. That was the team. But that also helps because, uh, you know, it helps me to be always involved in product development, in process development, even as today. I'm still quite involved in any technology, mm. product, or process development. That's something that helps to make uh, Canadian solar technology heavy. Yeah, Canadian has been for some time a leader in new product introduction. The industry is changing. I'd love your perspective on what we're seeing for decades. Monosilicon was the, you mentioned that PhotoWatt was a, a strictly multi but monosilicon was the product of choice. The polycrystalline silicon, multicrystalline explosion from 2006 to, to present day was in large part because of a reduction in the cost of polysilicon, which you guys were visionary in seeing, foreseeing that come about. What do you see happening today and how does Canadian position itself with regard to what I call the reversion to the mean, right? Folks going back to mono and monoperk Canadian has both mono and poly products, but has very publicly stated that you're staying the course with polysilicon. Could you help unpack for us that decision within Canadian, what you see for the future of polycrystalline inside of the spectrum as everyone is running back to mono, and maybe how that informs some of the new products that you guys are introducing here at Solar Power International? Like industry decision to produce more multi than mono in the past 10 years was because, and has been because, energy consumption in the manufacturing process, multi is much lower than mono in the energy consumption in the manufacturing process. It requires process. less energy to produce multi. Right, mm -hmm. uh, way less energy. That uh, translates into two things. First of all, if we talk about carbon footprint, multi is much lower than mono. And remember, we are uh, in a green energy That's industry. Right. And number two, that also translates into lower cost for multi compared to mono. Mm -hmm. Now, those factors are already there. And because of these considerations, Canadian Solar continue to uh, introduce strong, ever-improving multi-crystalline, or we also call it polycrystalline solar modules. Now, this time on this show, we are going to introduce a breakaway product. It's called Haiku module. And Haiku module is the first commercially available modules to have over 400 watt wattage from one module. And it also comes with a bifacial version. In the bifacial version, you not only achieve over 400 watt on the front surface, you also generate power from the back surface. So it will help you to increase the energy output per footage significantly. So this technology will and product will leapfrog like the multi crystalline module product into uh, next generation. And Canadian Solar are proud to be the first company to introduce this product. And I bet you that in a year or two years, you'll probably see this product or this kind of 
technology and product. We were the leader and then people follow. We've certainly highlighted how you've been leaders. I interviewed Jenya and Jenya and I talked about how Canadian was the first to really introduce not the concept, but from a marketing perspective to bring to product a market that was truly PID free and that had the data to support it, right? So it's not unusual for the industry to experience that Canadian solar is leading from a technology perspective. A question that I have as a follow-on to that is, how does, well, for, for perspective, this is a 72-cell module. What is the relative range of power wattage or water, uh, power bin for uh, an equivalent 72-cell mono? So a mono perk can get up to what for a 72-cell? You can't really build this module based on mono perk. So for the mono perk, we introduced uh, a different product also on this show. It's also a breakaway product. Okay. It's a high efficiency. Mono, if it's mono, you have to strike for really high efficiency yeah. in order to compensate like higher Efficient, energy yeah. cost, uh, cost and also you know, higher production cost, right? So we came up with a, uh, a very beautiful high efficiency mono perk based modules. It also reached uh, 400 watt. We also designed it to be all black and specially designed for rooftop, for yeah, residential for rooftop. Resi. But this is a 60 cell format. If you reach uh, 400 watt, it also has to be close to 72 cells. Okay. Essentially, we're talking about poly yet again getting to the point where it can reach the equivalent efficiency at a, mo at a module level as a mono and mono perk. Is that ac accurate? I would say equivalent uh, wattage. Wattage. Because these two modules, the mono high efficiency and the multi, right. like uh, high cool, yeah. uh, the shape is slightly different. Okay. But this, the total module wattage is in the same range. And to add to that, the ability for bifacial, do you see bifacial as a product category that is going to become increasingly important? And we do. And uh, Canadian Solar is a leader in bifacial technologies. We had research in bifacial for a long time, and then we officially designed our bifacial product last year. Our first delivery of like megawatt size order of bifacial was in Q1 this year into a project in Israel. And then we start to use this product by, you know, by official product for Canadian Solar's own projects in China. As of today, we have delivered close to 200 megawatt of uh, official modules wow. already. Pretty sure this number beat everybody. So talk about official experience. Canadian Solar should be the number one. If you find another company who, who have delivered, right, shipped, over 200 megawatt or close to 200 megawatt of bifacial modules, please let me know. And what's your capacity for multi-bifacial? You want a gigawatt, do you? <laughs> or do you want two gigawatt? I have, Tell I have, me. I have, <laughs> I have customers who would be interested in uh, over a gigawatt, yeah. So uh, is this a question that it, for you, it's, a, it's more of a question of what's the demand? There's not really a constraint for you on a manufacturing side? Correct. Got it, okay, fair enough. What does Canadian look like, Canadian solar look like in five years? And how do you evolve from a pure play PV module provider to a global energy solutions provider? We will be leaders in both fields. We are like top tier in both categories, in both uh, solar module 
and solar solution, like manufacturing products, and also in the development and the operation of the uh, solar power plants. And uh, we are also working on like total energy, renewable energy solutions. Yeah. Right. So I think we will continue to move in these two directions. Yeah. I think uh, in, in both fields, we at minimum, we should grow, at least our target is to at least grow in the same speed as the industry. So you will see us uh, maintain the same market share and probably increase the market share. Well, to your point about market share, we're reaching a point where two, three years ago, folks would have said we, we would have achieved the inflection point where consolidation would begin to occur. I don't feel like we're seeing that the way that we ha- that had been forecast. What's the outlook for Canadian thinking about the recurrent acquisition project development being something that was, was prescient in its time, hiring folks like Noah Eckert and developing a project development team ahead of many of your peers. I posit that in many ways saved your balance sheet at a time when there was a lot of compression on price. I'd love to hear your outlook on the commitment downstream and your views on when this industry shakeout will happen. When would we expect to see consolidation, if not in the next two to three years? Is it a decade out still? Well, the shakeout is happening every minute. (laughs) And there was a major shakeout uh, four or five years ago. If you look at the tier, the, the, the top four solar module suppliers, uh, two of them were out completely, almost completely That's out. They were, they were all uh, restructured uh, somehow, right? So they dropped to number 10 or even out of the top 10. And uh, that reshaping process will continue. And in that process, uh, Canadian solar clearly emerged as uh, a... Uh, company which is stable, be able to, to stand out uh, for the next um, 20, 30 years uh, mm-hmm. to uh, honor the warranty. And uh, that's what people are looking for. And in the energy sector, or the total energy, or the uh, solar pl- power plant development sectors, and we also see shakeout. For example, some of the early movers, the movers at our time, yeah. Some have gone bankrupt. Some have uh, more or less sold their development portfolios and not developing any new project because the, the, this space also become more and more competitive. Is there anything that in particular you would point to from a discipline perspective? Is there one thing that you do consistently that you would attribute to uh, your success or to your professional career? Oh, well, I wake up and sleep around the same time. Yeah. and that's something consistent, try to exercise yeah. two or three times uh, a week if I'm not traveling. I try to go for a ski one or two times a year. Snow skiing. Uh, snow skiing. Yeah. So uh, that's my uh, consistency. As Suncast listeners would know, there are a lot of questions left on the table today. I'm really honored to have time with you. Grateful that we've had a chance to meet in person here. Let's end today, as we always do, with a bold prediction. What one thing do you see happening in the market that perhaps nobody else is tracking? What's in your crystal ball? Oh, that's a very good question. I think the uh, market, the uh, annual installation, will at least maintain at today's level, which is around 100 gigawatt a year globally. I think it will probably continue to grow, maybe reach uh, 150 or 200 gigawatt. 
technology-wise, uh, I'm a believer of multi-crystalline solar technology. It's in my crystal ball. That multi will multi-crystal ball. Yeah, multi-crystalline will continue to be competitive, uh, and we will at least Canadian Solar will continue to offer competitive, uh, high-efficiency multi-crystalline-based uh, product. But we'll also offer high-efficiency mono-based product. I love it. So Canadian Solar will maintain its uh, position as the flag bearer and standard bearer of quality multi-crystalline panels as the industry continues to grow at the equivalent rate or better. Sean Chu from Canadian Solar, thank you for joining us on Suncast. Thank you. Oh man, that was such, such an honor to be able to interview one of the industry pioneers, really one of the founders of just a company that has had such an impact on our industry. I hope that you enjoyed that. What'd you think about that, Solar Warriors? Would you reach out to me on Twitter or LinkedIn and let me know? Or do me a huge favor, probably the greatest honor that you could give me is by sharing this episode with somebody else that you think would enjoy listening to it. Since I also know that you like to experiment, you should try saying, hey Alexa, play the Suncast podcast on your Alexa-enabled device. It even works on Google too, I know, because my kids are doing it all the time. As always, you can find show notes for this episode and more at my blog, mysuncast.com. And Sean committed to coming on and answering a few more questions, so... We'll try to get him teed up for another episode. And I think that one we'll try to crowdsource, do sort of an Ask Me Anything style episode. What do you think about that? Of course, to play along on that, you'll want to follow me on Twitter at Nico Mayo, N-I-C-O-M-E-O, or sign up for my new email newsletter, or even better, join my inner circle, the Suncast Tribe, where you'll gain access to additional content, interviews, upcoming webinars, and my eternal friendship and gratitude. Go to mysuncast.com forward slash member to learn more. Now on Tuesday, we have Lance Lee joining us to talk all about drones, data acquisition, and computer vision with his company, Aerospec. What is computer vision? You should tune in to the next episode of Suncast and find out. To all my current tribe members, I wish you much love and great success. And I look forward to welcoming you formally into our tribe as well, my friend. And thank you for showing up. It's half the battle. 